Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Food School Smarter, Stronger, Leaner podcast. And today is Saturday, so happy weekend, everyone. Hope you're having a wonderful time, no matter where you are, wonderful and healthy. And also, hopefully, you're doing some exercise, because that going to make you super good, no matter what's happening in your life. Exercise is a natural antidepressant and and mood lifter. (laughs) So today, as promised, we are talking about some exciting food news in food industry. These are the best kind of, my favorite kind of episodes to do, because I also get to learn all the fascinating new stuff happening in food industry. And there is a lot of stuff happening as our technology is developing and moving faster and faster and faster, increasing the speed of our scientific developments in any area of our life. We're just so interconnected now that knowledge uh, travel so fast, uh, and also, you know, all the machines, especially the ones driven by AI, just accelerate all the um, development, all the research, all the processes to discover new things and then use them um, very efficiently uh, in our daily life. So let's start with climate change. <laughs> it definitely affects our food. So climate change is killing your low-carb diet. That's the article that I wanted to start with. And the name of this article is quite confusing because I thought it would be about uh, I don't know, animals taking too many resources to grow and that we can't support growing population of people on animal-based diet. But instead, the article starts like this. Of all the insults climate change hurls at our food supply from more severe droughts and floods in key agriculture regions to declining yields of staple crops, the most insidious may involve a steady decline in the quality of all the plants we eat. So the whole article is about how uh, global warming and increasing levels or of CO2 of, um, decrease the nutrition in plants, in plants like wheat and rice, nutrition like all sorts of minerals, B vitamins, zinc, uh, copper, um, all these essential for human life minerals. So the article is about how climate change decreases the amount of nutrients and at the same time increasing the amount of carbohydrates, starches, and sugars that those plants make. Uh, That's just the nature of those plants uh, specifically. I'm not sure about all the plants uh, because the article doesn't go into details about a lot of plants, but about wheat and rice specifically that are uh, one of the most eaten crops um, by animals and by humans uh, in our world. So the article talks about um, increasing amount of sugars and starch and calories in wheat and rice and decreasing amount of nutrients uh, like minerals, like vitamins. Uh, So basically, people eat more calories, more starch, more sugars, and less nutrients with the same kind of crops, wheat and rice specifically. Um, 
And so what it means, and from my personal experience, you know, traveling around the world, looking at how food systems are organized in different countries, what uh, is sold uh, as food in different countries, what kind of products, what is cheaper, what is more expensive, what people buy, how people eat. You know, from my experience right now, what is happening, calories are getting cheaper and nutrients are getting more expensive. So what do I mean by that? So for example, if I travel anywhere in the world, um, you know, Denmark, Helsinki, Russia, Malaysia, Singapore, what I notice is no matter where I am, my diet is more expensive than an average diet for a regular person there. Because uh, when people buy stuff made of rice, made of wheat, made of uh, all these, made of soy uh, that are low in nutrition but high in calories, especially processed foods. Uh, so I tend to, uh, so people buy those kinds of foods. I tend to buy foods that are higher in nutrients, be that plant foods or animal foods. And so uh, somehow, naturally, I end up buying more expensive foods. And uh, that trend I notice absolutely everywhere. So again, calories are getting cheaper, nutrients are getting um, more expensive. So when I buy, you know, wild salmon, sardines, or um, chicken or goose liver, or uh, cod liver, one of my favorite superfoods because of because how rich it is in nutrients like omega-3 fatty acids, vitamins A, vitamin D, um, right? So nutrients are getting more expensive, <clears throat> sugar, starch, and calories are getting cheaper. So if you're trying to save money, and you know, good quality plant foods, you know, like greens, like Swiss chard, like spinach, like kale, are also getting more expensive. Uh, the more organic, the more local, the better quality they are. Um, and so what's the takeaway, guys? Probably if you want to eat uh, the healthiest diet, it's not going to be cheap. And that's just the way things are right now. And so the article also proposes solution instead of incentivizing farmers uh, for the yields, for the amount of calories they produce, we need to start incentivize farmers for the amount of nutrients that they produce in their plants. And now it's easily can be tested, you know, how many nutrients uh, certain plant variety or certain crop has. Um, and I agree with that. You know, we need to start incentivizing nutrients because um, a lot of people, most of the people, 70-80% of population, uh, you know, is overfed with calories and then uh, malnourished with nutrients. And then there are 800 million people who um, are just not eating enough simply starving in um, different not that developed countries um, in the world so but it's not so much of a use but the state of our food system now where calories are getting cheaper and nutrients are getting more expensive but uh, on the other side guys the more you invest into healthy foods the less you need to invest into medicines against all sorts of degenerative diseases and at the end of the day you're gonna feel better like even if you you know spend the same amount of money um, that is not the case uh, on healthy foods and um, instead of medications or on medications instead of healthy food with medications come disease and you probably don't want to feel sick and you probably want to feel healthy and full of energy and feel and <clears throat> thriving, right? And that's why you need to invest in healthy foods that, again, will, uh, at the end of the day, still take much less resources from you. I, um, you know, just to share my personal example, 
I didn't go to doctors because I don't get sick. And you know how much money I saved on insurance just by buying healthy food? <laughs> so it does save you money, guys. It saves you a lot of money. Uh, even my dental health improved so much. Like I went to the dentist a couple of weeks ago and he said, you know, you're good to go for another six months. So isn't that wonderful? And the visit is free. So <laughs> I had to pay nothing for that. I just invest in healthy foods. And that's what I'd like you to do, too. The second news of today is sugar tax that is implemented in many countries around the world now, like United um, Arabian Emirates, for example, are planning to implement 50% tax. I'm not sure how exactly it works, but they say 50% tax on sugar-sweetened beverages, and it's not the plan. Well, it's not, you know, possible plan. It's it's an actual plan that they're going to do to decrease the amount of sugar-sweetened beverages sold and consumed, and of course, to decrease uh, obesity and obesity-related diseases that are on the rise and on quite high level in United Arabian Emirates and around the world. Um, so Singapore also uh, is thinking about introducing not just sugar tax, uh, but also create a specific uh, labeling system, colors on front label of sugar sweetened beverages. So it's obvious to the consumer that they are eating tons of sugars. Uh, in Malaysia, one of the propositions was to uh, draw sh uh, teaspoons of sugar, of actual sugar that people are getting in any particular sugar-sweetened beverage. So imagine you pick up um, a can of Coke and there are like 16 teaspoons of sugar drawn on it. And you, you'll get the idea very quickly. We humans are visual creatures, how uh, bad that can of Coke is for you and how it contributes to your ill health and your well-being and your expanding waistline. But um, a lot of companies, of course, are against that because they understand. They actually say that it is unfair to emphasize sugar. Um, basically, what they're saying, if we decide to put uh, teaspoons of sugar on packages of food, then we should also maybe put, I don't know, um, uh, spoons of fat on certain high-fat foods. Um, that is, I guess, kind of fair. I, I'm not sure about that, but but I am sure that we all want more clear labeling systems, so it's not confusing. You know, all these numbers, all these percentages and daily, daily values, they're just confusing, even for me. Like, I don't ever use those. The only things I look at as are added sugars and in ingredients. Those are the only things. The rest of the things, I, you know, I don't really care about. As long as it's natural foods uh, and it doesn't have weird ingredients and added sugars and oh, and has the ingredient, the has clean ingredient list, then I'm fine. The rest doesn't matter. And that's what I want you to do to ingredient list, added sugars specifically, and of course, all sorts of weird ingredients like vegetable oils um, on that label. The next one, CBD. You know, I want to actually read you a few things from um, this article 
on uh, CBD, what the food and beverage industry needs to know about CBD. You know, uh, in US, you can probably already find, uh, no matter where you are, those CBD uh, infused beverages and foods. Uh, but FDA did not, uh, you see, 2018 Farm Bill did not legalize marijuana derived CBD which remains a Schedule One controlled substance. Nor did the 2018 Farm Bill legalize hemp seed oil or other derived products that require U.S. Food and Drug Administration approval, like food additives, dietary supplements, and products claiming health benefits. Um, I'm just going to read you the conclusion of this whole article about legislation of CBD. Stakeholders that deal in hemp-derived CBD must ensure they have adequate and appropriate um, substantiation, basically proofs, for all the claims they make, especially if they are health and disease-related. Stakeholders should, should test their products on a regular basis to ensure the batches contain no more than 0.3% THC, that is an active compound in marijuana that people smoke. Um, uh, but basically, what you want to understand is, um, whenever you're buying CBD-infused anything, um, they're not actually legal, especially if they have any health claims, and nobody really knows how it affects your short- and long-term health. And uh, nobody knows how exactly FDA, FDA ends up um, regulating those, um, whether the you know food and beverages infused with CBD are going to be allowed um, on the shelves of supermarkets. So they might disappear, they might stay uh, with some more regulations, who knows. But for you, for me, as consumers, we just need to be aware that it's um, um, another experiment with some substance that has psychoactive compounds, and you just don't know which of those compounds acts in a particular way on our brain and our whole body. So what I recommend, don't use it um, really, uh, especially food and beverages. They just overpriced with non-regulated amount of CBD and other compounds that, again, we don't know what kind of effect they're going to have on our body and our health. So it just, for me, it's just a waste of money, really. Um, the next article today is about something you probably hear a lot about these days. If you are interested in health, in healthy eating, in sustainable food, meatless meat is becoming mainstream and it's sparking a backlash. The growing pushback against impossible and beyond burgers in fast food change, chains explained. Um, so all this uh, vegan fake meats, uh, even though vegans who I asked about their opinion on uh, all these fake meats, they told me that they find it repulsive to eat anything that resembles meat so much because they went vegan in the first place to not eat animals. Why would you want to eat something that really, really resembles meat? Um, 
these foods, these fake meats, uh, as many nutritionists, um, you know, agree and understand, they are highly processed. And even though some people argue that, you know, a lot of foods are processed, cooking is a form of uh, procession. But there is a difference how you process foods, guys, understand this. Even how you make bread, whether you make it as a sourdough with uh, proper timing and proper bacterial um, processes, eating gluten and eating a lot of carbs in that bread, or you just use some substitute that does not create this kind of sour down um, chemistry in that bread that you eat. So procession matters. And, you know, vegetable uh, oils added to those foods, GMO uh, products added to those foods matter. It's all matters. And so I would recommend you to eat whole foods. Um, I wouldn't say that necessarily fake meats are worse than uh, meats from conventional farms, like the ones that use hormones, antibiotics, probably like the same. It's not good for you guys. It increases inflammation for sure. And it's not something that your body recognizes that is a very new fake food. And ingredient list is, is huge. Um, and the ingredients, how they process, what kind of ingredients like vegetable oils, uh, like Jimmy or soy, uh, and all the preservatives and additives. So many questionable items. And more and more nutritionists, you know, they push back and then they introduce it in fast food chains. And then so high five star restaurants decided not to sell those fake meats because, you know, if it's fast food thing, then it's not a Michelin star kind of thing, uh, restaurant kind of thing. So um, at the end of the day, uh, eat whole foods, eat unprocessed foods, uh, eat fresh meals, you know, local, organic as much as possible, and always, always, always choose foods with the least amount of ingredients that you don't understand. Now, from this fake meats made from weird plant material to meats that are made in the lab. And with this meat, I'm not sure yet what to say to you guys. For sure, it's not the same as meat from grass-fed cow, but whether it's going to be good for us, whether it's going to be equally good, um, it still remains to be seen. But the news of today is this Israeli startup is hitching a ride with NASA to make space meat. And let's listen to a short video from Aleph Farms. No one. 50 years ago, after Yuri Gagarin was the first human in space, the world gasped as Neil Armstrong became the first to set foot on the moon. 50 years later, in another giant leap for mankind, Aleph Arms has become the first to produce slaughter-free meat in space. This is a milestone that demonstrates our capability of producing slaughter-free meat anywhere in the harshest conditions, with no dependency on either land or availability of water resources. Our mission into space comes at a critical time as we are heading towards a food security crisis. That's why finding ways of producing food with limited resources is crucial. At Ala Farms, we are advancing the production of nutritious, cultivated meat that won't cost the earth, allowing anyone, anytime, anywhere to have access to high quality, safe and nutritious meat for an active, healthy life. 50 years ago, no one imagined humans would leave a footprint on the moon. Today, we're challenging the notion that meat can be produced everywhere 
leaving a minimal environmental footprint. Aleph Farms, working towards stable food security for our planet. So I have no affiliation with Aleph Farms, but this whole project is kind of cool. Um, so... Thanks to an international collaboration, a Russian company through D Bioprinting Solutions teamed up with the US-based meal source technologies and Finless Foods, the ones that are dedicated to creating um, 3D printed or uh, cell-based fish, basically, along with the Israel-based uh, Aleph Farms, which will grow meat in space. Uh, the company which creates steaks from animal cells was able to successfully assemble a small-scale bit of muscle tissue in a 3D bioprinter under microgravity conditions, pr proving its concept that meat can be created in a space lab in even the most extreme of environments. So this is kind of cool, don't you think? Um, we are producing meat in space, so future on Mars might be closer, <laughs> and might we might not have to eat um, all the dry rations, <laughs> but instead uh, having steaks. The next one, inside sustainable bioproducts plan to feed the world with discovery in a volcano. So it sounds like a bizarre science fiction tale. Scientists researching for NASA what organisms can survive in harsh conditions stumble upon microbial life forms that thrive in Yellowstone National Park's unforgiving volcanic springs and turn it into food. Um, but that is a condensed version of the backstory of sustainable byproducts at the company, uh, an up-and-coming player in the alternative protein category. Um, let me read you something else. But what kinds of food products can be made from organisms that thrive in volcanoes? And what does it look like? Jonas, that's the founder, wouldn't give too many details about what his company first plans to launch, though he said they have developed savory, sweet, liquid, and solid applications. While sustainable byproducts is likely to seek partnerships with some established players in the food space, Jonas said what the company will be launching on its own is center of plate type of fare. Basically, its own kind of food. So, um, the organism they found, the organism innately have the type of protein needed for good food, but it also organizes itself in a filamented way that resembles muscle, giving it a meat-like texture. It's also efficient in using resources to sustain and propagate itself. Um, despite the harsh environment life has found to survive in Yellowstone Park, one in particular caught their attention, attention of the scientists, fungus that is 60% protein. It isn't just naturally high in protein, but it's also a complete protein, presenting all of the amino acids that are required for human life. Just like eggs, just like meat, just like dairy, which is really rare to find outside of the animal world. It's in very few plants, but it's very rare to find one thing that has it all. So another news from NASA science and researchers that are going to advance our food science, our food system once again. So kind of cool news, don't you think? Um, 
So that's about it for today. So what did we talk about? We talked about sugar uh, sweetened beverages taxation that is happening around the world. Malaysia, Australia is thinking about that. You know, Chile and Mexico already implemented that and that decreased consumption of sugar uh, sweetened beverages um, a lot. I think by like 20%, if uh, I remember correctly, but somewhere around that. Um, United Arabian Emirates are going to introduce 50% tax on sugar sweetened beverages. You know, um, different companies, different countries are thinking about um, labels that will tell you more clearly how much sugar each sugar sweetened beverage has. So amazing news. Um, then our calories becoming uh, less expensive where uh, nutritious foods, nutrients becoming more expensive. So be aware of that. Um, CBD, nobody knows how it works, what it does when we infuse our foods and drinks with it. So don't waste your money, uh, especially if there are some health claims they are unfounded um so don't buy don't pay more for something that is not proven and might even have adverse health effects you just don't know um meatless meat um fake uh, vegan food that even vegans don't like um, so eat meat or plants but you know eat them as they are not some fake stuff Meat in space. So we officially created the first meat in space. Uh, countries that collaborated in that were Russia, U.S., Israel. Israel's food scene, um, startup scene, is actually exploding right now, especially with such uh, technological solutions like 3D-printed uh, cell-based meat. So... Um, check out, you know, Israel, if you are into food and uh, curious about food industry, food startups, um, you might even, you know, visit Israel. Um, meat and space again, and the most efficient protein, uh, fungus crea created by fungus was discovered uh, in uh, Yellowstone uh, National Park. So in 2020, there might be some cool products uh, uh, that will replace all of, all of those fake meats uh, and um, other protein, alternative protein sources. Who knows, um, right? And it's completely natural. It's just some fungus surviving in the most harsh environments of uh, volcano, of volcanic, I don't know, volcanic stuff. <laughs> So that's it for today, guys. Hope you found uh, this news exciting and interesting. I definitely did. Uh, I'm super excited about where our food system is moving. Uh, yeah, we have, you know, a lot of negative stuff right now. We have a lot of negative sides. And uh, food, uh, food system, food industry is really not regulated. It's not ethical. It's not... Uh, it's not created in the way uh, to support our health right now and our healthy eating practices, but it's going to change because we are not stupid. We want health for all of us and we want better world for all of us and we're going to change what is broken, what is not working. But till then, let's just make better choices. Let's learn. Um, let's be more educated, uh, creating demand for the products that enhance our health and well-being so that's the last word for today almost as usual guys thank you for tuning in thank you for listening and as usual till next time eat 
better daily.